This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products and you want to use CBD products and you're scared to try CBD products, go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com and use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. They ship within North America. Sorry for all my international listeners. But you could check out their website. Maybe they have affiliates in Europe and Africa and Asia. Who knows? I don't know. Just go to their website. Check it out. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. And also, if you're a woman that so happens to be listening to the show, my next sponsor does ship internationally, so go to poppyapparel.com, use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D, you'll get 10% off. It's free shipping if you spend more than $50. They have everything from women's clothing to accessories to everything in between that a woman needs and wants. And obviously, please go subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And I'm also part of the Pod Bros Network. Go to podbros.com, listen to the show there, listen to a bunch of other shows. And if you shop on Amazon, click on their Amazon banner. It takes you two seconds, free of charge, helps them out, helps me out. So before I introduce this week's guest, I want to give a quick shout out to all the Scousers out there that listen to the show. Because you guys killed it last week and brought in some record-breaking downloads You more than doubled any other city in the fucking world. So I really appreciate it. I don't know where all this came from. But for a big thank you, this week's guest, I decided to talk to a Scouser himself since you guys decided to listen a lot last week. So here's a big thank you from the podcast to you guys. Hopefully you recognize him because I heard he's sort of a legend out there in Liverpool nowadays. He is a weightlifter turned artist, Mr. John Charles. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good, I'm good, you? I'm doing all right. So, let's get started right away off the bat. Born and raised in Liverpool? Yep. All your life, never went anywhere else? Do you travel? Uh, When I was 21, I went over to Kenya for a few months. Oh, shit. Done some volunteer work over there, and that's about as far as I got. And how how was that in Kenya, man? Uh, It was up to what? It was... It was heavy. Um, it was a little bit just off the cuff kind of time. Like I think it was 
in July, I decided that's it, I've had enough, I'm right. going out somewhere. Um, and by the end of August, I think I was in Kenya. Okay. And then I was there for a few months. Um, just the basic volunteer work that a lot of people do. Um, you see some heavy shit over there, though. I know, that's what I was going to ask next. Like, wh- what kind of shit did you see over there, man? Well, it was, a, it was, a, it was called uh, the Omar Beanie Outreach Steps that we went. So we thought we were signing up to go and live in this little hotel-type place. And okay. we'd go out and we'd look after communities. And you meant to have all your food and drinks and everything paid for with you. But when we got there, we were. Um, I went out there on my own. Um, oh, wow. Just met people out, people while I was there. Okay. Um, and we, we lived in a mud hut. What the hell is it that? Was just, lived, just a mud a house made out of mud. Are you so serious? Like, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so, like you see on the telly, it was just a mud hut. But then, right. you know, you had electricity like in the corner for your TV, and that was about it. Are you kidding me? They, how the hell yeah. did they run electricity into mud? Like what the? Ah, uh, they were amazing. <laughs> Clever, clever fuckers over there, mate. Honest to God. Wow. But, um, so, yeah, we'd done that. We'd go out okay. with our different communities, build, like, you'd find, like a, like, a natural water, like a natural spring. Okay, yeah, yeah. And help them build a well. Oh, so cool. So, they'd have, like, water for the communities. Right. Um, we helped out with, like, disabled kids and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then just basically going around to different uh, different villages, helping out, harvesting the fields, building new multiple houses right. for them. Um but yeah, at the same time, like you get attached to a lot of the families that you work with. Of course. And, you know, I think one of the low points for us was this little baby called David, who's only ten months old. Okay. And he passed away <clears throat> within about six weeks of us trying to help. Oh shit! And it was like so. There's about five or six of us who've been helping that family, and then right. But the, the, this is over there. It was just a matter of fact. It was literally they just walked in and went. By the way, baby David's dead. I just walked out the room. Oh wow. They, it, to them, it's just it's that easy to talk about death, right? Because it happens so often, right? Yeah. So while we're all crying our eyes out all in bits, they're just like, <laughs> "What the fuck's wrong with you?" Right? They're like shit. <laughs> so it's just hardcore over there. Oh my god! What about the crime rate over there? Is there a lot of crime? Because it, and it goes fifty-fifty sometimes. I hear when there's poverty, either everyone bands together or there's a whole yeah. shitload of crime, right? But you know what? It was funny because I was only twenty-one. Uh, so I was, I think I weighed about 12 and a half stone oh, sure. when I went over there. So right. I'm 19 and a half stone now. Yeah. So there's a big difference. Of course. But one of the things that I remember them saying to me while I was there was that they felt safe because they had the big, white, powerful Englishman with them. That's hilarious. I look like a fucking lollipop. So, um, but we found, we found um, like a, little, a little club, I would call it. Right. And we got them to take us out to this little nightclub one night. Um and on the way back the next morning, all the roads were stopped and everything. And it was, it was so five o'clock in the morning, somebody was taking the tomatoes to mm. the market. Okay. Somebody had stopped them and gutted them, just cut his stomach open what? and just dropped his tomatoes. Oh, my God. It was stuff like that. Was that, that would happen quite a lot, like the locals fighting between the locals. Right. We personally never seem to have much bother with anybody. Okay, that's good, though. So I think it was like... We were the white people, so there were some people who just couldn't, like, they'd come over and touch your skin, and then they'd look at their fingers to see whether or not they turned white. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, so these people who'd never, ever seen a white person before. Oh, my God, that's crazy. The community was amazing, you know, we never had any problems with any of them. Oh, Um, that's good to hear. 
So and it, I'm still mates with a lot of the people who I was who I volunteers with. I'm still mates with them now as well. Oh, that's cool. So all in all, it was an, an, a good experience, obviously. And especially yeah. at 21, it must have turned you into a man of a, a much quicker, no? Um, I don't know. Well, it probably had a little bit more of a knock-on effect to the drug side of my life, to be honest. But we'll go on to that next in a bit. So <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was like, there was a lot of stuff to deal with. Okay. Really heavy, but at the same time, some of the most life-changing days that I've ever had. Oh, I could only imagine. I don't know, like, I'm I'm not w- wanting to go to Africa as much as I want to. Like, even Asia, I don't want to go to... The only Asian place I want to go to is probably Japan or, or Macau, because I'm being Portuguese background. They speak Portuguese yeah. there. At least I'll get by in, in Macau, right? And it's sort of like a mini Vegas. So I've been to Vegas, so I could sort of see what it's like. Yeah. But other than that, it's Europe, North America, South America... Caribbean, I'm cool with those destinations and that's it. I don't want to go somewhere where you need to take like 10 injections just so you don't get a disease and this, and oh no, I'm good. And have lions and bears and whatnots in your backyard running around. I, did you see any of that uh, animal life down there too? Uh, yeah, not where we stay, but what we've done is um, they arranged for us to go to Mombasa okay. for three days just to give us a little bit of break for, a, more like for our minds, a little bit of a get away from it all right and um we managed to get this little lovely beach hut right on i think it was called diani beach something like that right um so one afternoon we we, we took loads of sweets with us and stuff and so most of us were out playing in the sea having a little mess about but one of the lads matthew he was having a little sleep and the next thing we just see him come legging it out to the beach over this brush <laughs> swinging it everywhere oh my god getting chased by about 15 baboons holy <laughs> shit <laughs> But they all had lollipops in the mouth. Oh. So for the next two days, yeah. you just see baboons walking around with all our lollipops just sitting there. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I think that was like, that was our only big um, animal moment. While we were over there, we went to the Maasai Mara as well and okay. took a little... Uh, how we have technology now with our phones and social media, whereas back then you couldn't really chronicle anything unless you brought an old school camera, which I doubt you probably did, right? So now everything is like memory. But in your case, we'll get to it too, that you're an artist, so you're able maybe to draw what you remember. You could even draw that scene of the baboons coming out of the jungle or something. My imagination is not as good as that. (laughs) (laughs) I have um, in one of my my recent exhibitions that's on at the moment. Right. These are patent called Under the African Sun. Okay. And that is uh, based on, that's on a photograph. It's oh. referenced off a photograph that one of the volunteers took of a little girl while we were over there. Okay. So from 21, I'm 35 now, and I've managed to finally get a piece of that history into a piece of artwork right. and it's up now in an exhibition. So. Well, that's pretty. Well, I'm here sitting on my high horse saying that you could remember something from back then. I'm 40. I can't even remember what I did fucking like two days ago, never mind. 20 years ago, like, you know yeah. what I mean? So I could only imagine. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> if you ask my wife, she'll say the same thing. I can't remember what happened yesterday. Oh, I'm, my God. I'm one of those people who, I can watch a film right. 50 times yeah. over, and she's like, why the fuck are you watching this again? I'm like, because I just don't remember what happened, to be honest. Right. I love it, but I don't remember what happened. <laughs> so I'm always the same. It's, it's great though because every time I watch a film it's like I'm watching it for the first time see and that's what's amazing it's so, like that happens with me sometimes but not with movies movies I tend to remember especially like the childhood movies that I loved growing up watching those are br- uh, burnt into my brain for some reason 
But even recent movies, I'll remember the gist of it, but I won't remember every yeah. detail. But for TV shows, sometimes we're watching like some Netflix show and whatnot, and I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I don't think we watched it. She's like, Yes, we did. I'm like, No, let's rewind. So we rewind like ten minutes. I'm like, I don't remember this. We did not watch it. She's like, Yes, we did. So she and again, she knows me. So again, she rewinds the beginning. We start watching. Then all of a sudden, it clicks in. I'm like, Oh fuck, we did watch this. So now it's, do I tell my wife that she was right? Or do I keep pretending I, I want to keep watching this because I've already watched it? <laughs> well, we just finished watching what season eight of Game of Thrones. Right. I could probably tell you two characters. <laughs> See, that's how I am. Jon Snow. And right. I don't even know how to say the little girl's name. Aya or Arya or something Oh, like Arya. That. That's it. That's the two people. We just finished watching um, The OA. Oh, yeah. I watched that? that too. I'm caught up. Yeah. Fucking hell. No, I couldn't tell you one person's name in that. See, I neither could I. Seasons. That I can't tell you because I don't really know any of the actors or actresses in that show. But but okay, let's talk about the OA before we get back to your art since you just watched it. Did you enjoy it more or less the more you watched it? More. Really? But Not me. Fell off every episode. Me, I'd be looking at my wife thinking, "Fucking <laughs> hell!" You know, I'm not the cleverest of the people in the world anyway. Right. I, I'm, I'm not that sharp. Okay. This is making me feel even fucking thicker. <laughs> And all the way through, I'm like, right. what the fuck's just happened there? Yeah. I'd go into work the next day and I'd say to me, mate, okay. what happened? And I just could oh, <laughs> my head would fall off every <laughs> single episode. And without doing any spoilers, the end of season two just rolled me off. Oh, don't worry. We do spoilers on the show. I don't give two fucks. If you haven't watched well, it, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that excuse. Perfect. <laughs> Well, I remember some bits. How about this? I, I really enjoyed the first season when they're all captured and they don't know what the fuck's going on because I like that thriller type of thing yeah. where it leaves you on a cliffhanger all the time, right? That I totally agree with. Once they incorporated that fucked up dance of theirs <gasps> to go into different universes or I dimensions, I, I, I love it. It was too corny for me, man. Uh, I didn't like not, it. I remember a little bit of that. <laughs> Oh my god! My wife started to do that. Our little girl was looking at us like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <is he> doing? <laughs> no, I love that part of it. Oh yeah, no, but all in all, it's a half decent show. I, I recommend to watch it if no one's watched it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. So let's go back to your painting. How do you describe your art? Because I'm no artist. I don't know what to fucking classify anything. I know like portraits. I know like I don't know. I guess that's about it. I don't really know anything else. Like landscapes, I don't know. Like, what do you exactly do you do? This is one thing, like a lot of people, I don't know. It's, it's the word genre. What people, like, I, I don't know what category I fit into. Right. But I quite like that. Um, I don't think, I'm not your typical artist. Like, when people see me, they're like, fucking hell, you paint? Yeah. You don't expect someone like 19 and a half stone to be painting. Um, I, I suppose I've got a touch of abstract in some of my work um, do you know why I haven't got I, most of my paints are done with a pallet knife okay. so it's not I tend to start off with like a brush and then I use a pallet knife for the rest of the work okay. it's fast it's explosive it's just free the paint can go wherever it wants um, within reason of course <laughs> otherwise it just ends up a shit tip um, <laughs> But yeah, I honestly don't know like what category of art I would fall under. But again, I prefer that because I don't like to be the same as anybody else. But what do you use though? Technical? Well, you just said you mentioned something, but do you use like I don't even know, like water paints, paints like, like, like oh yeah. So the paint, the paint that I use, the medium is acrylic paint. Okay. So 
if I used oil paints, I'd be there. If you've seen my paints up close, right? I'd be there for months and months and months trying to do a single paint because oh, wow. you need layers to dry. So right. I've got a little studio out in the back garden, which we call Tate Roby. Oh, nice. Um, and what I do is I tend to do a painting over three or four different sittings because with acrylics, it dries really fast. Oh, okay, cool. So I can just blast the heater up, right. shut the drawer, go out for half an hour, come back, and then I can crack back on with the next layer. Oh, nice. So that, for me, I have to work with acrylic paint, oh, not okay. oils. Okay, that's cool. So I did go through your catalog and saw what you have painted. And again, what, what caught my eye, again, is the portraits. So I saw your painting of Tyson, the Joker, that one looked crazy, and even Arnold, because obviously being a former weightlifter, yeah. or you're st- I'm assuming you still uh, weightlift. Okay, and for those of you who don't know, 19 and a half stone is 273 pounds, just in case for the North American listeners. So now people <laughs> could put apples to apples. But those portraits of yours, oh my God, like what... W- Again, saying you don't have a good memory, I'm assuming that's not just free form. You have a portrait beside no. you or a picture, yeah, yeah. and then you just paint it yourself, yeah. right? Okay. So it's very weird that I would be I'd just sit and just paint what's in my head. Right. I'd always like to have a reference. So even if it means that I'm just scribbling down, doing a little doodle on a piece of paper or on the iPad, right. then I would use that as my reference point. Often, if, um, if I'm doing a portrait for somebody, then... I would use a photograph. Um, a lot of that sports stuff that you've seen. So there's a company over here called AAA, AAA Sports Memorabilia. Okay. Um, and he was one of the ones who set me off quite big with the sports paintings. He would just order painting after painting after painting. Right. So it was stuff like Mike Tyson. So nice. Mike Tyson signed all them paintings. Anthony Joshua, he signed them paintings. Cool. All that type of stuff. Footballers. Right. Um, and then he, a lot, quite a few of them he would then sell on for us for like a charity and raise 1200 1500 pounds and stuff like that. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, the sports stuff was quite good, and that would all be from uh, Flat Image. My God. And speaking of sports, you brought up football players, which we call soccer players here in North America. But not only uh-huh. did you paint and meet Mamadou Sako, but yeah. you were invited to his fucking house? Yeah. How was that experience, my friend? Uh, do you know what? It was, it was really good, because... My little girl, so for me, like a lot of the artwork that I do, it's to give her, like, just special moments, you know, like memories for her life. Right. So getting to go to professional footballers house, she loves Liverpool, so okay. it was great. It was when he played for Liverpool. Right, uh, exactly. So we were invited down to his house. He was going to cook us dinner and everything. Wow, uh, that's amazing. I was a little bit too nervous for all that. <laughs> you know what? He was just an absolute gentle giant. Apart from when he walked in, in his what you call underpants, jockeys, boxers, shorts? Yeah, uh, underwear. Yeah, well, he walked in and a pair of them. <laughs> I like to say, I just heard the noise. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I just looked and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I was heartbroken. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. You think you could measure up, but then when you see one like oh. that, you're like, holy fuck, I got a chicklet. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, I swear to God, but um, <laughs> you know he, um, he actually got the painting, right? And he got customized shin pads made. Oh, nice! And he put the painting onto his shin pads. So on one leg there was the painting that I done of him, and cool. on the other leg was three uh, was a picture of him, his wife, and his daughter. Oh my God! And he was wearing them for the rest of the season as well, which was quite cool. Oh, that is cool, man, and that's good exposure for you because when people ask him, then they could lead yeah. him towards your way, like you know, because you see him on TV every fucking week. Not kidding! Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for you, man. 
So I got to ask then, you're a Liverpool fan. You're not an Everton fan? Naga. What? You're not a footballer? Oh, I don't believe you're fucking asking me this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to, man. With all the Scousers listening. I'm a Blackburn fan. What the hell is that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't follow European sports. Okay, so Blackburn Rovers, we won the Premier League back in 1995. Okay. And then after that, it just went fucking downhill. Oh, shit. And we went to League One. We're now back up into the Championship. We're still doing shit, though. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a lot. I don't want to ever get back in the Premier League. But, yeah, so I'm a Blackburn fan. Um, I've been a Blackburn fan since I was nine. Oh, shit. F- for what reason? Because all I- I've never even heard... Are- do they do they uh, play out of Liverpool as well? No. Oh, okay. Because I was going to no, say... the shit I get for this is unreal. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to skate around in a little touch. But let's just say, at the age of nine, right. I was a dirty little bastard. Okay. But there was people who were older than me who were right. dirtier. Of course. And I'll, put, I'll just say, this girl would only let me give her a kiss if I support a Blackburn. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So, I support a Blackburn from then on. I never, changed, I never went back. That was it. Oh my! No, I totally understand the grief you get because it's almost the same thing here because in the city of Toronto, everyone, we love hockey, like ice hockey, right? Yeah. And the team of choice here is... The Toronto Maple Leafs. It's sort of like how it's so religious where the same thing in Liverpool with Liverpool FC, right? Everyone loves it. They bleed it. Everything. That's all they care about. I'm not a Maple Leafs fan. I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So that's from a different city, obviously. And I always get grief. And every time they face off against each other, everyone's always texting me or DMing me. But ha they lost or this, this and that. And, it's, and I love it because the Penguins are just a better team overall. It doesn't really matter. So I always get the last yeah. laugh. But at the same time, it's like, really? These guys really have to do it only because I was born and raised in Toronto. Like, I'm not going to let geography make yeah. me like a team just because I was... Like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Because I'm the same. You know, everybody I know is either Everton or Liverpool. I'm Blackburn. <laughs> but the good thing is, is it keeps me out of all the arguments. Oh, there you go. Because I don't have to sit there when all the lads are arguing. And I'm like, I support a shit team. Right. I don't even get an opinion on football, really. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> but if I want to be controversial, right? Um, I would choose Liverpool over Everton any day. Okay, there you go. Up the Reds, as they say, right? Yeah, and if any of my mates who are Evertonians are listening, it's because you're bitter, not Eds. Well, again, all the way here from Toronto, that's what I hear too. So it, it travels overseas as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost half the listeners now. <laughs> All right, let's go back to your artwork. So you just had your first solo art exhibit. I did, yeah. Like, that's huge for people that don't understand. Like, literally, a whole exhibit dedicated to all your works. How how many pieces did you have there? Uh, 25 in total. Shit, that's awesome. Yeah. And how Um, was the turnout? How was everything? Oh, mate, it was fucking unreal. It turns out that we had 250-plus people turning up for the two hours that it was on. That's so the mental. exhibition is on for three months, right? Uh, but you have like one open evening, okay. and on your open evening you get to invite like friends and family, um, and then people who I don't even know off social media turns up. So yeah, two hundred and fifty plus turns up, um, and from what we gather, we got told it was one of the biggest. They've never had to turn out like that for a solo exhibition wow. in twenty years of this gallery being open. Congrats, so, man! It was insane. I mean, it, the stress levels before it was just unreal. Um, 
just a thought, no, like, what happens if I turn up? Fucking five people turn up. Yeah, I know, right? God, shite, good night. Do you know what I mean? So I turned up at five o'clock. It was starting at six. And I was thinking, shit. But the next thing, boom, just a flood of people came in. Right. Uh, I'd say out of 250 people who turned up, I sound like Carl Frotchie and I was all like, going on about, like Wembley, the 90,000. There's 250 <laughs> people that turned up. <laughs> hey, but again... I don't see anyone else doing anything like that that have 250 people. Like, who, who, even birthday parties. Who's going to show up to a birthday party that with 250 people, right? So you're doing something I good. Get, I didn't even get 250 people to meet wedding. <laughs> see? <laughs> exactly I what I mean. I got 26. My wife got the rest. <laughs> exactly. We're not talking about celebrity status because everyone knows. Celebrity status and selling out big stadiums, that's like yeah. fucking beyond next level type shit. We're talking about everyday people. This is huge for everyday people. Come on, man. Yeah. This is my World Cup final. This is see exactly. Um, this is your uh, winning the heavyweight championship belt. That's how big right. it was for me. Um, exactly. I mean, so I've only been painting since I was twenty-seven. Uh, okay, thirty-five now. So you know, I think some artists could probably go a lifetime without having a solo exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been involved in a couple of in three, four open exhibitions. So that's where you get to exhibit with, say, like another 20 or 30 other artists. Right. But this was the first, and it won't be the last either, um, of just all my work. Oh, that's and, cool. And, you know, I wish you could see it. I've got I've got loads of photographs of loads up online and stuff soon. Right. But, you know, the, the main aim of this exhibition was to do with um, drink, drugs, addiction, depression, suicide... Wow. So that was like that was my main message that I wanted to get out of this. So there's about seven paintings within the exhibition, just all telling the story, and then the rest of the exhibition is just to make people fucking smile. That's nice. it. That's all I want to do with my artwork. <laughs> it sounds dead cheesy, but I I just want to make people smile off the paintings, and that's that. There's nothing wrong with that. Why do you think I do this? If if it makes yeah. one person smile for five seconds in the one hour that we're talking, and I've done my job. I don't care. I'm good. Yeah. Like, you know sounds. what I mean? That's what people don't understand. Like, they think that you have to be constantly laughing the whole time that someone is on. That's virtually impossible. And you're going to get sick of that, obviously. So you got to take the good with the bad. And the li- small victories are the ones that end up being the big one in the end, right? Yeah, definitely. So you brought it up. You, about the drug addiction. You've been eight years yeah, sober yeah. now? Eight years, eight, eight years clean and sober, yeah. That's fantastic, my friend. Now. Thank you. Let's see how deep we're going to go into this. What was your addiction? What what were you into? So cocaine was the main drug for me. Oh shit! Really? Uh, yeah, I fucking loved it. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm not going to knock it. I thought it was fantastic, <clears throat> and I, I still say to this day, you know, it was good times. <laughs> I had a good time when I was there, but right, it, it's one of them drugs that, in time, it gets a proper grip of you. You right. know, I was a kid who grew up and. I was always saying, I'll never drink, I'll, I'll never smoke, I'll never touch drugs. Oh, wow, okay. I was always, I mean, I knew lads in my school when I was in senior school. Oh, shit. Or high school, as you'd call it, who yeah. were snorting cocaine then. Wow. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> but then 16 came, and I went out I went out on a, on a night out with a few engineers. Okay. And um, I just remember one of them going, yeah, I'll have a go with this, because I was rotten drunk. Right. And he gave me a tiny little key of a drug door key. Yep. With a little bit of cocaine on it. Yep. We call it Lemo over here. Okay. And I had, I had a quick sniff of that and I was like, whoa, <laughs> And then I just remember telling everybody for the rest of the night, I oh love you. You're my favourite person. Oh this my God. Yeah. And I was going around everybody the whole night. Yeah. I love you. I love you. But the next day, fuck 
made it, and it was just off that tiny little bit. Okay. I slept for a full day. I was absolutely wiped out. But then the day after that, I was like, ooh, that was all right. Yeah. I'll have another little go on that. You see, that's where it's dangerous. So that was from the age of 16. Wow. And then, it, so it literally went from like having one key to where I'd go out, and I don't know how, what cocaine works out like over in your way, but right. like 20 pounds for a bag. So I'd just get one little bag for 20 quid. Sure. $20, whatever you want to say. Okay. Uh, that lasts me a full night. Okay. But then as time went on, it would be three bags, yep. six bags, yep. nine bags. Wow. Up until one of my last benders that I had was about three and a half thousand pounds on a Saturday and Sunday. Oh my God. Yeah. That's nuts. <clears throat> so it, it, it is, it's a, it's a crazy drug. It gets a proper grip here. I mean, I couldn't drink a sip of alcohol right. without snorting cocaine. Oh shit, that's how dependent they were on each other after. Yeah, that's why wow. I always say to my wife, like, I say it to her now. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you ever walk in the house and you see me sitting there with a glass of wine or a can of lager or beer, right. and I tell you I'm not snorting, then yeah. I'm fucking lying. lying. Gotcha. Because back in the day, in our old house, we'd have, our house was three floors. Mm-hmm. I'd make sure I had a bag of cocaine on each floor. Oh, wow. So that if she went to one room, yeah. I could get to it in another, in another and I could have a line. You know, it wasn't every single day. I didn't snort every single day. But, you know, it, it would be, especially because I was, I was working on the doors doing security as a bouncer. Okay. Um, it was readily available as well then. So, you of know, course. you're talking three or four nights a week. I'd, I'd be snorting easily. Wow. See, okay. In my experience, I've never done cocaine in my life. I don't intend yeah. to do cocaine in my life. I smoke weed. I love my weed. That's yeah. good enough for me. And I've grown up around friends. I've grown up around coworkers. I've had roommates that were addicted to crack cocaine, cocaine on its own, meth, all that stuff. And yeah. from seeing them go through that, they did exactly what you just explained. It's such a good high. It's such a good rush. And I understand why people do it. But in the end, it's not worth it. So it, no. you're better off not even trying it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I hate, like, I don't know about you, but all these kids nowadays are like, oh, I want to try this, I want to try this, I want to try this at least once in my life. Do you really need to try to fuck uh, some heroin in your life? No, you don't. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? There's so many other devices. Drink a cup of coffee or have a, a fucking pot full of sugar. Get a sugar high or something. Like, you know what I mean? Sniff some glue for fuck's sake. You don't need to go inject yourself. Like, there's no. so many other things. Yeah, no, cocaine, the fucking, it's a crazy drug. I mean, you know, I used to take, even with, like, ecstasy tablets, mm-hmm. even then I would have to take, like, as a ridiculous amount. Right. I remember going out playing uh, pool with my brother and okay. one of my mates one day. Right. And we literally had about 100 tablets. Oh, my God. So most people would take one, two, two. maybe three nights. Tops, yeah. We were just popping them, like oh. it was just sweets. And it, it's no good playing pool while you're on them because it'd take you about half an hour to take a shot. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so it, it seems to be. Um, I seem to be quite addictive. Right. So you know, cocaine, ridiculous amounts. Ecstasy, ridiculous amounts. Then I was smoking, so I could smoke twenty, forty ciggies a day. And that's the other thing too. That's the other thing that goes hand in hand. Do you do you still smoke to this day? No, no, no. Oh I wow! Quit smoking. Um, I think I've stopped smoking now for about six years. Oh, congrats on that too, because I'm a former yeah. smoker of cigarettes as well. I think I'm going on year eight or nine for myself. I still smoke a cigar every once in a while after I have uh, a joint or something. But other than that, I try and stay away from all tobacco as well too. 
I tried smoking a cigar. I can't do it. <laughs> well, I, I smoke the small smoke skinny them. ones. They're called cigarellos here. Yeah, but I like to, I inhale it. Oh. And it fucking burns. Yeah, no, you can't inhale it. I, I just like the act. See, I was always the the person who enjoyed the act of it. Not so much, because I always got sick off of it. I hated the smell of it. Like, coughing up loogies in the morning, I was so over that shit. Like, you know what loogies. I mean? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, no. It's, it's, for me, it's got to be all or nothing. No, that's hard because I know a lot of recovering addicts too that quit everything, but they still need that cigarette because at least they have that one. Addi- like you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. rarely rare, rarely rare. Well, that's a double negative, but it's rare that you see or hear of someone like in your case that literally quit everything. Do you at least drink coffee? Oh, mate. Okay. Now, if I'm in my studio, <laughs> I've got um, a coffee machine that holds two liters in it. <laughs> Holy shit! I drink four liters. In a day, easy. So there you go. So at least you have something. Yeah. But uh, so a while back, it used to be Diet Coke. Okay, right. So I wouldn't drink Diet Coke all week. Okay. But on a Saturday, I'd get my wife to go out and get me like 16, 18 cans. Right. I'd just be drinking them all day. Oh, my God. And I'd be like, oh, I feel like shit. What is it? She's like, right. maybe it's the 18 cans of Diet Coke you've just drank. Oh, my God. So literally, it was just stop. Never drank it. Diet Coke since. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's a lot of shit I have to quit. <laughs> so what made you open your eyes? When did you know you hit rock bottom and you're like, I gotta stop this, I wanna live and I don't wanna do this anymore? Or did you hit rock bottom or were you pushed yeah. into it? Yeah, no, no. I don't I don't believe anybody who gets into recovery or I don't believe anybody who recovers has been pushed into it. I'm the same so, way. Yep. The, the type of people who I will always relapse too. and it'll, yep. it'll be a vicious circle. Yep. So for me, um this is where I don't want to get too emotional. <laughs> uh, one of my my best friends, um, he has now been dead six years. It'll be okay. um, on the fourth of June. All right. So me and him both used to do the doors security together. Right. Uh, and it was he was always on at me like, listen, you need to get your shit sorted out. He he got into recovery before me. Okay. And I could see him getting well. Right. And he was always like, listen, the doors there. Like, I'll take you to a meeting if you want to go to a meeting. And I was like, yeah, 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 go on, I'll go to one. And right. then I just come straight back out because I was doing it for him. Sure. Now, the last time that I'd done it was, so I had hardly any money left. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, right, I need to make a little bit of money here. Right. So I got a massive load of it. So okay. it was 18 grams. Oh, wow. I got, and I thought, right, I'll go out and I'll sell this tonight while I'm working. Right. I snorted every single one of them. <laughs> wow. So... And it was at the end of the night, uh, one of the bar staff, a girl called Melissa, yeah. and I've, I've forever been in her debt, she just turned around to me and she went, you're a fucking disgrace, you. Oh, wow. Bam. And that was it. Really? I swear, after, as soon as she said that to me, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I went, I went to a Cocaine Anonymous meeting okay. the next day, and I've never looked back since. Good for you, man. Wow. So, you know, I mean, my, my little girl was one, I think, okay. while I was still snorting. Oh, shit. Um. I mean, wife had kicked me out at that time. We're back together now. Okay. So she kicked me out. I was only getting to see my daughter once or twice a week. Oh, no. Um, you know, my sponsor used to say to me, if I put your daughter in one hand and I put cocaine in the other, what are you going to choose? Right. And I'd be like, well, I'd obviously choose my daughter. And he'd be like, but you're not. You're choosing the cocaine. Yeah. So even though my daughter was alive, my wife was there, I'd just lost my car, I was going to lose my house, I still carried on. And then it wasn't until that day when the girl in the bar just said to me, you're a fucking disgrace, that wow. something just clicked. Right. And maybe it was because at that, when you're a doorman and, you know, 
working on the security side of things. Yeah. Your ego's massive, isn't it? You've got a big fucking ego. Of course. For somebody just to shoot me down like that, it fuck, it, it done something to me. It was like, whoa, fuck me, wasn't ready for that. And then, um, honest, that's it then. Oh, I just wow. went straight into recovery. So what's the hardest part about being sober then for you? Nothing anymore. Good for you. Apart from, you've got no excuses, have you? Right. So, say if you turn around, you're like, oh, fucking hell. Like, you, you look at some bird, you're like, oh, she looks all right. Yeah, yeah. You can't say to your wife, oh, I was fucking pissed all weird when I looked at her. Right. You've got no excuses for anything. <laughs> That's you true, You can't get away with nothing. <laughs> you can't give somebody a dick. You right. can't imagine hitting somebody and saying to the police, oh, I was drunk and disorderly. Yeah. No, you're stone cold fucking sober. You'll have to deal with everything. Now, in all seriousness, these, um, the first few weeks of being in recovery, it was a little bit difficult mm-hmm. to go on about. Um, the fourth week is like a massive transition. Okay. It's almost like you're mourning a death. Oh. Like your body feels like it's, it's crying out, like, where the fuck's it gone? Right. It, that's like an emotional week. It's a, I always think if you can get past that fourth week, you right. can get through anything then. Um, <clears throat> but now, you know, like, like I said before, I watched my best mate die of cancer. Mm-hmm. I didn't drink, I didn't snort after at his funeral or anything like that. I just went for a meal with one of my other mates and we had a glass of coke. Right. Um, I've had family bereavements. I got married to my wife. Yeah, oh, wow. And that's enough to fucking make anybody drink again. That's true, <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, I've gone through, there's been a lot of moments that have gone on. Yeah. And I haven't turned to And I just don't need it. That's awesome. I just don't, I don't miss it in the slightest. It's like, one of my biggest worries was sitting up and watching the UFC. Okay, right. So, that would be my big thing. I'd wait yeah. till two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, I'd be off me cake, snoring, yeah, yeah, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't remember anything that happens. I was yeah. like, how am I supposed to watch the boxing? How can I watch the football? How can I watch the UFC without yeah. snoring? Yeah. So, one of my other mates was like, yeah, I'll come round. We'll sit down. We'll have a pizza. Yeah. We had a lot of fucking Red Bull. <laughs> there you go. And we sat right till five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He went home and then I went to bed and I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, exactly. As long as you have the focus and the drive, so, you could convince your mind to really do anything, right? Yeah. That's definitely. the point. Okay, so for someone who's listening and is trying to kick any habit that they have, what advice would you bestow upon them? What would you tell them? Well, me personally, um, I would come clean to everybody in my family. Oh, wow. You know, the people who mean the most. Yeah. Uh, parents, brother, sister, girlfriend, wife, or boyfriends, husband, whatever. Yeah. You know, I would come clean to them. Um, the other thing is, like, the way I got clean was 12-step recovery. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of the 12 steps in AA. Of course, yeah. CA as well. That's, I, like, I tried a lot of stuff to try and get clean and sober. I know a lot of people have gone to rehab and stuff like that. Okay. They're, like, four, six-week programs, and then you're out on your own. For me, um, it was the 12-week, 12 12-step 12 program is what got me clean and sober. And it, it was weird. I don't know if you've heard much about it, um, but there's certain steps in it where, you know, you get to write down all the wrongdoings that you've done. Yeah. You sit and you speak to somebody and it's all gone. I and know. it's like, it's having them resentments and regrets and you just fucking burn them and get rid of them. Yeah. It's, it's gone. And then also getting to make amends to people. Yeah, that's a big one. That's the one yeah. I always hear about. Yeah. Now, for me, there was a massive amend that I had to do. And it was one which I could have ended up going to jail for. Oh, so okay. 
many years before me and my brother had a fight in town mm-hmm. and I ended up fighting with a, police, a policeman Okay, yeah. Uh, and I was slamming him into a car door oh, and wow. everything yeah, yeah. Um, we were in court for 12 months unfortunately something happened to the policeman and he couldn't turn up to the final day right. so the judge just went right you're free to go you're done yeah, so yeah. I got away with it but I was guilty oh, and shit. I knew it for years and years and years oh. in my head I knew what I'd done yeah. So one of my amends was to contact that policeman, oh, wow. apologise for what I've done, yeah. come clean for what I've done, and deal with whatever consequences I had. Um, <clears throat> I'd spoken to a, another police officer yeah. who was always around about the doors that I worked on, okay. um, wrote a massive letter, and he was like, I'll make sure this goes to him for you. Oh, nice. The letter went to him, and that was it. It was just a, a line was drawn under it then. Nothing came back from it. Okay. I'd apologised, and admitted everything. And you know what? From then on, um, my relationship with the police while I was working was fantastic as well. Oh, it's nice. like being a lot of like, new uh, respect for each other. Right. So, yeah, amends, making amends for all the fuck-ups that you've done was massive for me. Fuck. Again, big congrats to my friend. And hopefully, well, just speaking to you and seeing the way you are and the way you come off, I seriously doubt you're going to fall off the wagon anytime soon. So, you're good. <laughs> okay. Another thing about your art that I, I want to touch on that I... I Sort of dug up here. Oh, shit. <laughs> you, you didn't commission this. You didn't paint this yourself. You were in something. You posed naked? Oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Now, what? You got you to gotta help me out here. Fucking hell. I, I don't even know. I can't remember how this came about. I think it was... But he's a photographer, this lady, I can't remember her name. Um, I think it was her husband who wanted me to do it. Okay. Which had me a little bit confused. Oh, right, because you always hear these situations where the husband stays in the corner and films it and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's will get a bit fucking weirder for you now then. So I was like, go for fuck it. it. It's once in a lifetime, let's okay. go and do it. So my wife came with me. Oh, okay, perfect. And um, I'm stood there, I'm like, I just didn't want to knock off because right. I thought, no. I'm a grower, not a shower, like, kind of thing. <laughs> I hear you. So I'm there, and I'm, I'm adding a little bit of weight to myself, so I looked all right. Okay, yeah, yeah. But then her husband was like, right, we want to do this picture when it looks like you're hugging yourself. He went, but I'll hug you instead. Yeah. And I was like, what? And he went, yeah, yeah. So I had to stand there, bollock all fucking naked. Oh, my God. While this man comes from behind and wraps his arms around me. What the f- <laughs> He never even used the fucking picture. <laughs> I swear to God, it was for his own. It was for his own. Photograph, I bet yeah. It fucking. I think back about it to this day, and it breaks me heart. <laughs> well, you should feel. Well, I don't know. Well, I, maybe I wouldn't too. It'd be a bit creepy, but you should be honored after some guy wanking off to you, yourself <laughs> naked. But you know what, though. Um, Shit. The, the photos that she did take in the end they were yeah. really nice photos. It hit me cock, so I was happy with that. Okay. Uh, but one of the things that happened midway through it was I got a little bit comfortable. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, the woman who was taking the picture, she had this little thong, little lacy thong. Okay. So yeah. every time she bent over, I was like, oh. I said to my wife, look, Dad, you can see your knickers there. I was oh like, my God. Yeah, yeah. And then as my wife walked past me, she had like this, uh, like a big long scarf on, and the scarf just like brushed across my cock. Oh my God. My cock just went boom. Right up. Straight up. And I was just like, oh my God. 
Because <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my next question. How do you do yeah. a shot like that without getting up? Because I'm sorry, we're guys. And it goes through our mind. Like, what, what do they say? A, a, a sex thought goes through our heads once every two minutes or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know yeah. what, what it is, but it, it's it's high up there. So you're obviously going to get a boner in the span of, like, how long were you there? A few hours, I assume, no? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in that span, you're bound to get a boner. And your wife was there. I'm sure you find your wife still attractive. Even if that other oh, assistant yeah. wasn't there, you probably would have just got a hard on just by looking at her, right? So <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Oh, Come on, man. They didn't even give you anything? Like, you know, like, sometimes you see on these commercials, they give, like, a, a tanned underwear or something, at least like a soccer no. of some sort or something I to put over. Oh my god! That's how comfortable I got. Um, but you know what? The the pictures from that ended up in um, a massive exhibition over in France, right? And it was, from what I gathered, it was a well respected exhibition as oh, well. Nice. So that's cool. In fact, I've done two nutty ones, actually. Oh, no. Just think about it. Did you see the calendar one that I've done? No, the one I saw was the one, like, you're hunched over, and and, and like you With said, yeah, and the paintings, and, and your schlong is covered by your knee or something, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done another one. We've done a, a few of the lads in the gym. We've done, like, okay. a naked photo shoot for the calendar. Oh, no, I didn't see this one. Yeah, I'm stood there with a kettlebell. I look quite good, to be honest. But um, out of the 12 lads who were in, I had a little stick. Oh, my God! <laughs> hey, uh, it's not the size. It's what you do with it, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you'll find that somewhere further on my timeline as well. Oh, my God. All right, so you, you mentioned it, too, and I wanted to bring it up. You were a doorman or a bouncer, however you want to yeah, call yeah. it. For, for what, like a dance club or a restaurant? Like, yeah, what was it? Just nightclubs. Oh, nightclubs. Okay, so you yeah, must yeah. have fucking stories upon stories of which, of people. Okay, how about this one? Has anyone tried to step up to you while being a bouncer? And, like, oh, fuck I yeah. could only yeah, imagine, right? Every week, do you want to? <laughs> every week, somebody would try and have a go at you. And how so would you deal with that, though? Because I'm sure over time it gets annoying. Just knock them out. Really? So you want to step aside? You just go right... You... No. What? No way. No, you definitely don't step aside. No. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why I don't do it anymore. Okay. Because it got to a point where, you know, somebody come at you and you just smack them. Right. You're the one who goes to jail, though. You see oh. it all the time, like, door lads protecting themselves. Gotcha, you know? yeah. And it's in the news, it's in the paper. Right. They only show that final little clip where the door lads knock somebody out. Okay. They don't show the shit that you've had to deal with, you know, beforehand. Right, right. I've had bottles over the head, I've had knives on me, guns oh, pulled wow. on me. That's yeah. crazy. Now, what... Were you were you one of those? Okay, I hate to say it because most bouncers have a chip on their shoulders too. Like do you, they stand there, they think they own the club because they have the power of letting who and what comes in, right? I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying in general, right? Of, of what yeah. I've seen, and I'm sure just because at least here in North America, when I used to go clubbing, and this was like 20 years ago, so when I used to go clubbing, the bouncers they wouldn't touch you unless they were provoked or that you touched them first. So they would almost like pick on you in order for you to touch them, so they have an excuse to lay you out. You oh, know what I mean? Nice. So they were like fucking assholes, and they would sit there, and you would see them. They laid on all the pretty girls. Then the guys are all standing there. It's like, okay, but not all these girls are lesbians. They want guys to go in there too. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on here? Like, what? The, and they would just stand there with this, like, this face that you just want to knock out. It was just so easy. Like, oh, like, did you work with any of those type of guys that you had to say, like, yeah, relax, always, you, man? You've always, you've got them few people that are always going to be like that. I mean, there was a phase where I went through a little bit of a phase. Oh. Of, 
at one point I started taking steroids and you know it was like oh, fucking yes <laughs> oh my god and I was just I didn't know but like I just turned into this absolute fucking demon and I oh I'd just god. be fronting people I'd be arguing with people I'd just be wanting to slap people right and if one of my mates had to pull me aside and say listen John you're being a cunt <laughs> you need to chill out a little bit mate right and I was like what and he was like and it was, it was, I had this fucking big ego boost off the steroids. And of course. That was, uh, you know, but after that, um, I do remember being told, like me and my mate, one who said he passed away. So yeah. I worked with him right the way through me old career, yeah, which okay. was eight years. Um, we got told we were the, the two happiest, nicest doormen that they've ever worked with. Oh, nice. So, you know, we were, we were all right. You've always got a few dickheads who just want to, make a bit of a name for themselves or whatever, but vast majority of the lads that I worked with was just absolutely gentlemen. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure you had a blast too. I could only imagine, you don't have to say, but I could only imagine the <laughs> amount of women and shit that you'd give get freebies for just to let them in and whatnot, right? <laughs> like, I was with my wife at that time, but I do know people who do wouldn't have got that. <laughs> then there you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Well, speaking of steroids, let's get into weightlifting. Not to say that they go hand in hand, but, you know, it, it is a black eye on, on the so-called sport. Because, I'm sorry, in every professional sport, there is some sort of steroid. I don't give a fuck what anyone yeah. says. you got to be delusional not to think so, especially at a professional yeah. level, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what got you into weightlifting? What made you want to, like, fucking clang the iron, as they say? Or... Do you know, I suppose it was just... The same thing for most kids in the UK anyway. Every Christmas, you'd always see the world's strongest man on the TV. Yeah, because that's huge over there. Yeah, and it'd be like, you know, I, the one name that always sticks out for me was Terry Hollands. Okay. Or, now, just probably within the last few years, it was like Lauren Charley as well. Mm-hmm. Now, it was when I seen the likes of them, I was like, fuck me. And it just looked amazing. Just throwing big, massive, heavy, and you know, you didn't have to be lean and ripped because I'm no bodybuilder. Right. Oh, okay. I've got, I've got what I call like little fat chippy tits. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and it was probably it was seeing men like that. Now, I've ended up being really good mates with some of the world's strongest men. Right. At the moment as well. Oh, that's um, cool. So that's helped me want to push on doing stuff like that. But you know, I understand my level when okay. it comes to strongman. I'm not even an average strongman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I thought I was amazing. You know, most people at one point, you know, deadlifting. The, the, the big deadlift was 300 right. kilos. Oh, wow. That's over That's 600 pounds. Now it's yeah. 400 now. What? Yeah, so now I was getting close to lifting 300. They, they fucking raised the bar to four. <laughs> Fuck, man. That's the weight of a oh, small car. Yeah. Wow. So it's, that's, that's the type of thing you've got now. I mean, for me... <sighs> The strongman community itself, it's amazing. The people you meet that are amazing. The training. Right. Um, like the lads who I train with, you just have the best laugh. You're all here to support each other. But at the same time, you know, it's not going to earn me any money. Oh. The dedication you need to put into strongman is ridiculous. People don't see, like, behind the scenes right. what the strongmen have to put themselves through. Oh, I could only imagine. Oh, it's ridiculous. I haven't got that level of commitment in me. You know, I've got my art career. Uh, right. I've got a family. I'm just starting off my own clothing business as well. Nice. So I've got all of this type of stuff kicking off. I haven't got time to train five, six days a week anymore. I'm lucky yeah. if I can get in three to four. Oh, wow. Yeah, and to be and on then, a professional level, you got to be there fucking day in and day out, right? Yeah, and the food, Jesus, fuck me. That's what I was going to ask. How many calories do you guys intake, like professional? 
professional, they're looking at like 10,000 a day. Holy fuck, I'll be lucky if I get that in a week. <laughs> wow. So I think the, the most I've ever had in a day was up to 6,000, and that would absolutely kill me. But, wow. you know, to get to 6,000 calories for someone like me, right. you'd have to do a lot of cheats, so like, you know, Reese's Pieces. Yeah, yeah. I would eat fucking tons of them. Oh my god! I could eat like two thousand calories worth of Reese's Pieces easy. Oh shit! Just so I could get my calories up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the food started like a lot of them now are starting to eat a lot cleaner. You'll see a lot of the strongmen are like a lot more leaner now. Yeah, that's you look true. Terry Ollins, uh, even like Hapthor Bjornsson, Lauren Charlie, they're all starting to look in like really good condition. Right. You know, I think it used to have a bit of a stigma. Just be big fat men. Yeah, like you see, the like they man. look like built like houses, like you know what I mean. Big fucking huge bellies, big tits on them, and all that. That's true too. That seems to not be the thing anymore. It's like they're a lot more. They are a lot more in shape. They're more lean, they're I guess. He, here, yeah, he, yeah. here's a perfect example. It's going from Tank Abbott days to current UFC days, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, perfect example. Tank Abbott would be a fucking strong man, though. Yeah, he had to look for it, man. <laughs> When it comes to the strongman stuff, I only compete. I had two very low-level competitions. Okay. Um, I came sixth and I came fourth in one. Oh, wow. And I think I'd done like another strongman slash Ironman competition oh, one okay. day. Uh, and I came fourth in that. And I'm like, fucking fourth? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Do you know fucking point? You don't tell anybody you come fourth, do I you? I know, I know. It's fourth shit. is hard to swallow. Want to come third or second? I want to win. That's it. It's true. I so know it's so like, true. If I'm not going to win, fuck it. I won't paint. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Right? It's so true. And like yeah. you said, you can't make any money off it unless you spin it off into something else. Like now, you're yeah. seeing more of them are going into acting. Even some are yeah. starting to go into like wrestling, like pro wrestling and shit. Like you know yeah. what I mean? It's just, but no. You've I don't got like some Eddie Hall as well. You know, it took him to to do the 500 kilo deadlift, didn't it? And then. He won the Worlds a couple of years back, and now he's all over America at the minute. See. You, you've got, that's the type of thing you've got to do if you want to make any sort of money out of it. You know, lifting in a pub car park around the corner, you're never going to earn nothing out of that. But if you can do it for fun and enjoy it, then crack on. It's but true. for me, I didn't even enjoy competing. Oh, I was horrible. Okay. Yeah. It, I'd just be so angry and pissed off. <laughs> I'd just want to twat everybody in there and be like, ah, oh, that left shit. <laughs> There was no fun in it for me, so... Oh, my God. I just like the training side of things now. I give a little bit of a push for the lads who are are competing. So you're not into weightlifting in general, like bodybuilding, like those competitions where they pose, do the pose downs and shit? Oh, fuck no. Okay, okay. No. I couldn't know. I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't be... I don't see the point in standing there watching someone tense the muscles on a fucking stage I don't get it and the one thing I don't understand at all well I sort of understand but okay it's past it's time it's no longer taboo and you could talk about it too it's the fucking tanning they look so much horrible they look like a fucking worn out baseball glove for fuck's sake <laughs> Like, you could so tell they all keep tanning and tanning. It's like, just look your natural self. We live in the day and age now. We're all multicultural. Everyone's mixed now. So, so, well, especially here in Canada, so to speak. But now it's spreading towards across the world where you see everything because of the internet. Why not have different shapes and sizes? Why not see someone who's pale as fuck? Why not see someone who's like, <laughs> like looks like he has jaundice or something? Who cares? <laughs> fuck. I think the main thing with, with the tanning is it, it shows your muscles better, doesn't it? I guess, but at the same time, they look so horrible. They look like a cartoon character almost, it's, man. It, it is strange. But I mean, one thing, I've got a lot of respect for people who can 
who can commit to doing a bodybuilding competition because fuck me, I couldn't, I wouldn't have that level of dedication in me. You know, I think you've got to be so mentally strong to do something like that. But, it, it, you know, if they enjoy it, then crack on. I couldn't think of anything worse than starving myself for 12 weeks to stand there in my undies on a stage. I know. Oh, no, fuck that. And again, the dedication, right? Because it's every little thing. Every ab has to be in place. Every single thing has to flex on its moment. It's not like you could do a little slip up and then catch up, sort of like the competition style, no. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. That, again, that, I never got into it either. I would much prefer to watch a strongman or an Ironman competition. Because again, it's a form of, there's a means to the end of it. It's not just like, yeah. it's, to me, that's that's it's like a pageant, like watching Miss America, <laughs> right? I'm sorry to say, for any weightlifters who are listening... <laughs> <laughs> so other than the strong men who other in your life has been an inspiration to you either art wise or anything in general um, you know art wise there's only one man like living man when it comes to artwork he's another scout artist okay. he's from Liverpool he's nice. called Danny O'Connor okay uh, now he is like the biggest inspiration for me as an artist you know he, he took me a little bit under his wing and he invited me let me go around to his studio, paint with him for the day and stuff like that. And ever since I met that man, like my artwork has just fucking propelled to another level. Oh, wow. um, but apart from that, like, it's all, all the artists I like are dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You know, I'm not one of them, I'm not an artist who can, I said this at my exhibition the other week, you know, I'm okay. not the arty farty type, you know, right. somebody walks in and says, Oh, look at that fucking painting there, the circle. Mm-hmm. And you can see the emotion from the drip of paint. I'm like, fuck off. No, you can't. It's a circle. If you like the circle, like it. Don't start giving me shit that, yeah. you know, you can see emotion in that brush stroke because that's fucking ridiculous. I'm not that type of arty person. I couldn't, I couldn't hold a conversation with people who go to art school. You know, right. I'm 100% self-taught, inspired by others, but whatever, everything I do, I do it myself. That's you know, awesome. I've got no fucking diplomas or PhDs yeah, or yeah, whatever degrees in any sort of art. I can't stand sitting talking to other artists. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like it. I've, I haven't got the vocabulary that they need oh, me to, have right. to hold the conversation. I see. And they could so be a bit really, snooty then, right? Oh, that's why at my exhibition I had, I hired a man to sit outside in a van selling coffee. Oh, wow, smart. Rather than people walking around with a glass of red wine, you know, oh. like snobby bastards. Yeah, I gotcha. I just don't, and I, you know, I turned up in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. People were like, are you going to wear a suit? I was like, fuck off, no. No, because that's not you, man. That's not me. Exactly. Like, your yeah. personality is what makes your art, so you got to show that in person as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I haven't got many living inspirations when it comes to art, like I said, Danny O'Connor. Dead artists, you're looking at likes of Picasso, Rembrandt, Van Gogh. Sure. They're my big three. The classics, yeah, of course. Absolutely love them. Fantastic. So other than painting and in being into strongmen, what do you unwind? What do you like to do in your off time when you have nothing oh, to do? I don't unwind me. Fuck off. Well, it's just always it's, painting. It's the longest I've ever fucking sat still for. Serious. Well, ask my wife. Like, If I try to sit and relax, I fall asleep. Oh, you're one Deep. of those. Sit, try and relax. Faster kip, or I have to be active. I need to do something. So if I'm sitting on the couch watching the telly, and all I'm thinking about is I need to be painting. I need to be painting. Right. But I've got this idea to do. You know, I, I don't really think I've got much of, apart from spending time with my wife and my daughter. Okay. Uh, 
I don't really unwind. So the gym is big for me to unwind. Sure. Peyton, that's my other like escape from the whole world. Doing that, definitely. Yeah, these fuck all else. I'm quite a boring man. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm eating, eating cake and drinking coffee. <laughs> what What about music genre? What are you into? Oh fucking hell! You didn't tell me you could ask this. Why? Don't yeah, tell me you're like into country or something. Running in now and start giving me loads. Okay, so obviously you've got like the Beatles. Okay. You've got Bob Dylan. Sure. Um, now it'll start going a bit downhill now. Okay. You've got like Westlife. Don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> Fuck off. You don't know Westlife, man? Sorry. Oh, oh my God. Boy bands. I'll Google it after. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys I know of, of course. All that type of cheesy shit. I love all that. So you're into the boy band genre. Oh. Not just them. I like the Beatles as well. Well, well they're, I guess you know what? They're the... They're the I guess original what, boy band, right? If you think yeah, about it. I'll just go on my phone now and I'll show it on my Spotify. Oh my God. And let's have a quick look at my playlist. That's hilarious. See, I'm into old school hip hop. That's my genre. Yeah? Yeah. So I don't mind a little bit of like NWA. Yeah. So see, yeah, like that type of shit. Like from there into like about early 2000s. That's, that's, I'll give that, those 20 years and that's about it. That's all I really listen to. Well, yeah, here's five in a row here. So you've got Celine Dion. Hey, Good Canadian. Jerry Cinnamon. Don't know who the hell that is. You need to look at you need to look him up, he's amazing. Okay. After that you've got Tony Parton. Oh, oh wow, okay. <laughs> then you've got Ray Lamontine. Don't know that one either. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, of course. Marvin Berry. Yeah. That's the type of shit that wow. I listen to. It's just so varied. Honest to God. It's like it's a little it's probably um Oh, what's the fucking words I'm thinking of here? Oh, shit, I've got the way in the back of me, I can't think of it. Bipolar. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. It's just like up and down, up, up and, down. and down. Well, that's good, though, because then you don't really, again, just like your art, it's not a genre. You just like whatever you like, and that's it. Exactly, that's it, yeah. Oh, that's fucking awesome. I don't like awesome. to be put in a bracket, I don't like to be put in a category for anything. Right. No, I'll, of course. I'll wear nail varnish when I want to. Why not? People are like, why? I'm like, because I can. <laughs> who's who's going to say otherwise? <laughs> I remember one of my daughters, one of my daughters' mates in school went to UK. Oh my god! Like, no, what Your year? Gay. I know. What year are we in? Like literally. Like I don't know if you reached there. Now the whole trend over here too is women who wear like pants that look like their pajamas and like slippers that they would wear inside their house. Now they're used as shoes, and they literally look out as if they're they're walking around as if they just rolled out of bed. Like this is the new style now. Really? Well, See, at, at least over here. Girl. Yeah. In Kirby, where I'm from, that's the fucking norm, that. <laughs> Maybe that's where we adopted it from. But that is really is their pajamas and their slippers. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking thing, now. Oh, so do you listen to this music when you're doing your art? I assume you have it in the background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I always have music on. Oh, I have like Sir Thomas and uh, Inky Johnson. Okay. You've heard of them? No. Like motivational speakers. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. I love stuff like that. Like just people talking in me ear. Yeah, yeah. Just telling you how to be fucking great. Just fucking win at everything. It didn't work in strong man, but it's working in the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go to the Dumb Laws game, I want to touch on one more thing because you brought it up. You like cheesy music and boy bands. Yeah. And I discovered this today and I didn't even know this existed. Apparently, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in a new song and he raps in it. Fuck off. Would you like to give it a listen here? Oh, go on. Okay, let's see if I can pull this up. Hopefully you could hear it. Here we go. Hey, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. Listen carefully. Dig deep down and ask yourself, who do 
Look at his face. I don't know if you can see it. Can you believe that? Clips of videos that he's spoken. I didn't think it was real. Like he's doing it. No, this is not someone who dubbed it. Someone actually. I think he's an he's an Austrian performer. I don't know if he's a rapper or whatnot or into pop music. But Arnold did a verse. You know what that sounds like? One of those cheesy lines they put into like the Backstreet Boys where they have the (laughs) rap part in it. That's what it sounds like to me, man. Well, fuck me, I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> That's not going on my playlist, that. Oh, shit. No way. Oh, good old Arnold, man. Fucking hell. All right, want to play the dumb laws game? Yeah, go on. Let's Take a shot? Me. All right. This is a special rendition of the dumb laws game since, again, because of all the scousers listening, I decided to pull up dumb Liverpool laws. Well, at least one of these are dumb. The other ones are all made up, so... Let's see if you could guess which one is the real dumb Liverpool law. So the first one I got here. In Liverpool, it is illegal to eat scouse within 100 meters of Shankly Gates. Okay. In Liverpool, it is illegal for a pregnant woman to relieve herself in a policeman's helmet. Number three. In Liverpool, it is illegal for an Everton FC fan to engage in sexual activity with a Liverpool FC fan unless unless anal is involved and finally in Liverpool it is illegal for a woman to be topless except as a clerk in a tropical fish store so one of them is real one of these is real my friend do you know what the Everton one almost sounds fucking real <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with the piss in the helmet nope you could do that oh fuck I looked this up it's an actual real law I switched it up a, a, a pregnant woman in Liverpool could relieve herself anywhere she deems fit even in a policeman's hat while she's pregnant okay so that one's real that one's real uh, let's go for another one take another crack hang on a minute how many of these are real? Only one. I just got it then, haven't I? No, but this one I said it's illegal. It is legal. Oh. You can piss in a policeman's hat. Right, okay. Oh, I'm fucking stumped now. <laughs> so the Everton one taking up the bum, that can't be real, that. Okay, I'll give you that. That one's not real. So it's between the one eating scouse within 100 meters of Shankly Gates or the topless woman unless you work at a tropical fish store. One of them's real and one of them isn't. Yes. Oh my god, they're both fucked up. (laughs) I'm gonna have to go with the one that's real is the Shankly Gates. No, you could eat all the scouts you want around Shankly Gates. It is illegal for a woman to be topless except as a clerk in a tropical fish store. Fuck me, I need to open a fish store. (laughs) (laughs) Then hire a bunch of women, right? (laughs) Fuck me, an artist. (laughs) I know. I'm into fish. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, on that note, do you want to plug anything? Do you have anything? To, do you want people to follow you? Anything upcoming? Now's your time, man. Floor's all oh, yours. Superb. Yeah, okay. So, 
we've got, as um, I briefly mentioned it before, we've got our own um, clothing company going live within on the 28th of June. And our Instagram account is going to be called John Charles Apparel. Nice. You'll see a massive red spot. Try to open the fucking thing, but before it crashed. Um, <clears throat> right there. This isn't the best plug, is it? Yeah, so it's John Charles Apparel, all one word. Right. You'll see like a big red circle with my signature right across it. There you go. Um, that goes live on the 28th of June. And we will be shipping worldwide as well. It's going to be nice. epic. The clothing. We've got like caps, full sack suits, t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of stuff we've got, we've got going on there. Uh, that's my biggest plug. So if anybody wants to have a little follow for that, by all means do so. That's fantastic. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email me your thoughts, suggestions, questions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at thepodcastdap at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, review at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and go to podbulls.com as well and support the sponsors, blackbeltcbdproducts.com, use promo code thepodcast25, poppyapparel.com, use promo code thepodcast with a capital D. Before I let you go, two things. Big congratulations to the Toronto Raptors on winning the Eastern Conference Championship. For you, for those of you in England, this is huge for us because it's the NBA. I'm sure people in England follow the NBA, and the Toronto Raptors are now in the finals, and they will be facing the Golden State Warriors. Hopefully, we win the championship. I'm being a realistic person here. I doubt it, but it's still good to be in the finals and celebrate and see you throughout the city. And obviously, as of this recording, when this drops, Liverpool will be in the Champions League final in Madrid, so hopefully they win the championship and it's all around good week for all the Scousers out there. So up the Reds, fuck everybody else, and that's it. Any last words? Nah, big love. Perfect. He's John, I'm Steve, this is the podcast, peace.